When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me always is your other host. Hi, I'm Bryce Johnson. Hi, Bryce. Happy New Year. It's 2018. I know. It's pretty crazy. We're kind of in the time machine right now. Yep. Uh, we're time traveling because we're actually recording this before the holiday season really gets underway. Uh, but we're airing this episode in January. It's the first week of January 2018. Uh, I hope everybody had a wonderful, wonderful New Year's. I hope you had all your holiday wishes come true. I'm excited because January is going to be our Crazy Ex-Girlfriend crossover month. Very excited about this. So for some of you who are just paranormal fans and finding the show for the first time, that may make no sense to you. But I'm on a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and uh, one of the best things about working on this show is that I've met some rad people on it. And my character, Tim, works in an office. <laughs> this is what the show's about. It's my character, Tim, who works in a law office. Uh, but it's White Feather and Associates. And uh, this month, I'm going to have a bunch of people from that uh, corner of the cast on on the show sharing their paranormal experiences and uh, getting to hear and comment on some fun stories. So, Love that. Our first guest is my best buddy on the show. He plays Jim to my Tim. Everyone, it's Burl Mosley. Yeah. What's up, everybody? How Hi, you Burl. Doing? What's up, Burl? Yeah. Oh, wow. He is ready really for a excited. podcast. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, sir. Uh, so, Burl. Yeah. Uh, this is your first time in the clubhouse. Uh, do, are you a believer in the paranormal? I am. Great. I definitely am. Uh, paranormal as far as like uh, extraterrestrials, uh, ghosts, spirits, that whole jazz. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen some stuff myself, so you can't help but believe something that you've seen with your own eyes. You know of I mean? course. And, well, and Bigfoot, I mean, the questions I, I have are, are numerous. What are your questions for Bigfoot? My, question, my main question for Bigfoot is this. If Bigfoot... I was like, well, Bigfoot's been around for years, and Bigfoot should be dead by now, right? That's my one question. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's if there was maybe one Bigfoot. Right, right. Right. But if there was a multiple or families, um, they might even, like, bury their dead or, or, you know, as I'm sort of a – I'm I'm in a Bigfoot paranormal type of – I like to believe maybe Bigfoot likes to go in and out of dimensions, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's never been captured or evidence is so slim and – 
And that he might not be of this earth. <clears throat> That's right. That he might be actually uh, intermingling between dimensions mm. or parallel We've got to do a Bigfoot UFO episode because there are so many weird stories about yeah. Bigfoot coming out of UFOs and bright lights. Really I know. And I don't like to be that guy because a lot of the, the big Bigfooters are like, oh, that's just lazy research. But I think, you know, <laughs> if you don't connect all the dots, I mean, you know, because there are happenstances where, you know, UFOs or orbs are seen where there's Bigfoot sightings. And so for to ignore that would be, I think you'd be remiss. Don't be shy, Burl. Take that jacket okay, off. Great. Yeah, like, take it Burl's off. Burl's getting take warm. Off, He's got to take it off. Like, You're being know, so polite. Make, make too much noise. Man, you know? no, he's kicking in the clubhouse. <laughs> take your jacket off, That's man. That's exactly right. Wait, my other question about Bigfoot is, is we have all these, you know, all this technology now, all these nice cameras. Like, can somebody please get a sharp... I mean, Instagram seriously, photo though. No, I know. Of Some of, it's so true. Yeah. Some of the best photographic evidence still remains like 50 years in the past, you yeah. know? But I offer you this. Um, mm. We might be wrong. Go to, go to YouTube and start looking up some footage and a photo or video of like either Bigfoot or Yeti. And there's yeah. some real diamonds out there. Yeah, there's some good stuff, but there's also so, m- so many much crap. fake photos that have, I think, sort of watered down the credibility of even the ones that might be real Mm -hmm. that i think people just tend to write it all off now as just these photos are all photoshopped or they're bad costumes well sure i always like to take when i see uh when i when i see a bigfoot photo or some great video i I think the next thing i like to do is find the context of what it was taken Mm -hmm. who are the people that uh, you know, uh, witnessed it. Uh, what is their story? Guys, yeah. you have to apply the rules of fake news to your Bigfoot research. Yeah, true. true. You got to look at that source. You got to track those names. Find out who that author is. Find out uh, if they are a credible and reliable witness. Yeah. I mean, and not some huckster. This has made me a, a believer a little bit more, though, seeing this plaster cast. That oh, you yeah. Burl's holding our signature broken toe uh, Bigfoot plaster cast. Yeah, that, those things are cool because, I mean, like I was saying earlier, that's still some of the best evidence. So so many prints are taken worldwide, not just here in North America, but all over the world prints are found and taken and, and documented as well as uh, eyewitness testimonial to go along with it. And especially when they start to triangulate witnesses who don't know each other, who live in separate places, but who see the same thing and who plaster cast the same tracks, you know, then it, then it starts to get really interesting. Yeah. Burl, uh, yeah. so Bigfoot you've not encountered, obvs, 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 you believe in aliens. Have you seen any uh, UFOs? No. Well, you know, there, there was one time uh, when I was younger and, and I thought there was a whole like UFO thing going on. We stepped outside the house okay. and saw these like lights going through the clouds and everything. But what I learned later in life is that it was one of those like spotlights, one of those like three spotlight things that swirl around. Oh, you mean like at the premiere of a Hollywood movie? Yes, oh. like at the premiere gotcha. of a Hollywood movie. And did that vibe with you? Do you feel like looking back that that's may have been what it was? Or? Yeah, because they, they followed this set pattern. Right. And and I saw it again was the thing. Like I saw it again years later out here and I was like, that's it. That's the UFO. And Confirmed. then I was like, I tracked it down and I was like, oh, it's a spotlight. Oh, right. But I think that's that's so part of like, it's an integral part of like being a witness to something is like, you know, you, you, you got to look for the obvious explanation. And nine first. times out of yeah. ten, if not ten times out of ten, <laughs> right, right. it's going to be something really <laughs> stupid like that. Right, right. right. Um, ghosts. What about ghosts? Ooh. Um, so in my family, um, it's so funny because, you know, we'd always talk about ghosts and everything because my, my aunts had this experience. And I remember my cousins would tell me, they're like, they're like ask your aunts about 
the ghost at the old house, grandma and grandpa's old house. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, hey, hey, guys, can you tell me about the ghost at the old house? <laughs> and then I looked at them, and they weren't laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the only one laughing. I was like, oh, wait, tell me some stories. They got real quiet. I'm like, okay, so, so, so what happened? What happened at the old house? They said, there was this man, okay, uh, spirit. And whenever they would, you know, get ready to go to bed at night, they could hear him and he would just be like, they could hear him walking and it was a thump, drag, oh, thump, drag, right? And they could feel him getting closer and it also, it got cold, you know what I mean? And they were like, you know, you could always tell when he was around because he heard that thump, drag, and it got cold and it got cold. Most of the time... The only thing that he did was, because they kept their doors closed, and he would just bang on the door like, foo, 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 right? And my aunt said that she would just hide her head under the covers and just try to go to sleep. There was one time, though, that my aunt yelled at him, um, and he, uh, they had left the door open, so it had that thump, drag, thump, drag, and it just got closer and closer. And then she said she could hear him breathe. She couldn't see anything, but she could hear him breathing like, And she said, leave us alone. Yes. <laughs> right? They say did. that that's yeah. how you get rid of a You can, like, tell the spirit to get out, you yeah. know? Yeah. And they and they got out. And But but then they were like, This guy was move. also a creep. Yeah, a creep, right? Yeah. Stalking, stalking my aunts. And so finally they were like, we got to move. We got to move from this old house. It was, it was down in Georgia. Now, where was this house? Okay, Yeah, down you. in Georgia. Um, Some where, old Confederate pervert. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there are a lot of spirits down there, you know, Civil War sure. and slavery and all that jazz. So um, they finally, they moved the house. The only thing they brought over from the house was the refrigerator, right? So they moved to a brand new house. Only thing they brought with them was the refrigerator. Man, I would have left that too. <laughs> well, that first night Fridge in goes. that new house, they hear, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they threw out the refrigerator. After they threw out the refrigerator, he didn't. You're kidding. You're That's kidding amazing. No. It yeah. was a fridge ghost. Yeah, he came over in the refrigerator. Let me ask you a question. How long yeah. do you think it would take you, let's say you move into a new house. Yeah. That night, you see some shit. Now, you already signed all the papers and you went through all the hoops. Uh-huh. How long does it take you to put up a for sale sign in that front yard? Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I go by the rule of threes. I go by the rule of threes in my life a lot. So if something happens three times... Then like, cause like, if I see him, I'll be like, oh, you know, that was crazy the mm-hmm. first time. Oh, that was a little weird. And then it happens the second time. I'll be like, oh no, okay, well maybe let me try. Let once. me try something. Yeah, Shame let me try like a you. seance. Let me try to like some sage. Let me try to get that spirit out of yep. him. If that doesn't work, if it's the third time, and this you know, person fool me still... three times, fuck the peace <laughs> signs, right. load the clip, and let it rain on you. Whoa, <laughs> you've been hiding something, Sorry. Bryce. Yeah, no, I love that. He's got that uh, magic. Yeah, that yeah magic. fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. But yeah, no, yeah. yeah, three times. You three gotta times draw the line yeah. somewhere, and yeah. the rule of three sounds as good of a rule as any it to does. me. Yep, I don't like that. Yeah, fridge ghost, get out. Fridge right. ghost. Be gone. That's wild, though. I mean, because you got it now, you got to start to put together the pieces, which means, you know, your family's moving out of the house. Maybe that whatever the entity is detects that and, like, mm-hmm. I just need to latch on. Hopefully, they take something. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was the fridge. And he's like, and I was hungry. I'm going to get in the fridge uh-huh. and go with them. That's it. That was, his, you know, refrigerators are also known as ghost suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, that's, that's a nice anchor point. Yeah, that's wow. a crazy, but they threw out the fridge and yeah, then. Yeah, they threw out the fridge and then they, they weren't bothered by him anymore. Oh, but I have one more uh, wonderful story that, that happened to a friend of mine that I actually saw with my own eyes. And wow. I was like, this is crazy. So uh, he, he took me into, this is back in high school, right? So I went over to his house, we're hanging out, playing video games. Um, and he's like, do you want to see something crazy? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so he opens the sliding glass door uh, to the backyard, which his bedroom faced, right? And he's like, look at these, look at the grass, right? On the grass, there were these, there was dead grass in the shape of footprints, mm. right? That led up to his dog's doghouse, no. right? In the backyard. Leave yeah. the dog alone. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, what are you, why is there just like dead grass in the shape of footprints here in the backyard? And he's like, okay, so here's what happened. It was in the middle of the night. I woke up. I was really cold. I heard my dog barking. And he's like, okay, well, let me just check and see what's happening. So he opened up the uh, the curtains to the back door, and he saw his dog barking at this figure. He mm. said it was darker, blacker than black, and it was trying to pet his dog. Shadow person. Yeah. Oh. Shadow person. Yeah. Sure. And so he was like, hey, leave my dog alone, right? So the figure stands up. And it just starts walking towards him across the grass. Oh, man. And he freezes because he can't You're like, see it. Go pet the dog. You're, yeah. it's, it's cool to go pet the dog. <laughs> go the, the dog is fine. Go pet the dog. And, and, and he gets up. The figure gets up to the glass. I think it was in the shape of a man. The, the figure gets up to the glass. And finally, he yells. He finally, like, yells, like, ah. And then that's when it goes away. Wow. And it was the next morning that he woke up that he saw the the dead grass, the footprints leading from his dog's house. Dude, that one's got Riley shaking in his earphones right now. That's great. Oh, my God. Shadow people are creepy. Did he wear a hat? Because a lot of times they they say that they see shadow men wearing with, like, fedoras or, like, wide-brim hats. Do you think they're like old timey guys? Well, oh, or they're yeah. inter they're interdimensional. They're trying to take the shape of something ah. here, you know. Pet the dog though. That's yeah. creepy. Leave the dog alone. That is creepy. Boy. Yeah, that's oh, wild. Yikes. So left tracks. I mean, I wonder if he did he ever think to like maybe take a picture of those or you know anything ah, that's a like good that. Question. This was this was back in the day where we had like you know film. Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, yeah, your Kodak disposable cam. Right. Yeah. Right. Zrit, 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 zrit. Totally. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I hope he took some pictures of it. All I know is I saw it and I was like, "This is crazy." I didn't really want to have very much to deal with. Yeah, because I've, right. I've seen stuff myself. Yeah, um, out of the corner of my eye. One time I was I was at a friend's house and uh, uh, me and my friend's little sister were very much in tune with that sort of that sort of energy, and we were just talking. We were hanging out, and then our eyes darted to the front door and we saw something blacker than black. Like, leave the front door. Mm. And I was like, and I just looked at my friend's little sister, and we just looked at each other, and we didn't say anything. And then I went, did you see that? And she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And she's like, I see stuff here all the time. And I was like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. Wow. When I was a kid, I I think there were some hauntings going on in the house that I grew up in. And uh, I would, I mean, I always heard creepy stuff in that house. But I would, a lot of times, I'd be downstairs in the basement. We had, like, a finished basement. I'd be, like, playing with my toys. And I would always see what I thought out of the corner of my eye was, was like, a little black shadow creature would, Mm. like, dart away. And Uh I'd just uh turn to look, and it would be gone. 
So I don't know if that's just some trick of the eye or I don't know, because I... I think that's how well, they operate. Like, yeah, they yeah. can they see operate. you looking at them. Well, and there's and no like, tricks well, leaving footprints, I mean. No. I mean, that's, that's, yes. that's Ooh, all right. Scary. Well, um, spooky stuff, guys. Spooky, weird, yeah. weird, wild stuff. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a story, our high strangeness story of the week. And this week, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. It's BCC, and uh, it's time for our high strangeness story of the week. Now, I picked something, uh, a story that I've always been interested in, uh, and I was a little worried going into it that there actually may not be enough meat on the bones for this, but then I found out there's a, it's actually a really compelling, great story. So uh, this is a story about the Dover Demon. Are you familiar with this, Bryce? Have you heard of the Dover Demon before? I've heard, but I'm not familiar. Okay, great. So very excited. This is a real fun one. I like the weird cryptid stories, and this is uh, a weird cryptid. Um, and it actually has some similarities to Alien Grey stories, so that uh, it's possible that this creature is extraterrestrial. But it's it's interesting. Uh Burl's looking at me like I'm terrified. He's so scared. <laughs> you Don't said worry. This Dover is a, this demon. Is, this one is it's creepy, and the demon is a, is misleading. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, the name was coined by uh, Lauren Coleman, who's a famous cryptozoologist. After he investigated the story, and we'll, we'll get into that. But um, I think the alliteration itself. is just Yeah, terrible. I think he he's really good at marketing these these creatures because up till then it was just referred to as the creature. No, you need a good name. You gotta you gotta, you gotta have a good name. Creature or haunting. Yeah. You and need he's good... kind. I like him because he's kind of cute. And you'll say it's spooky, but he's kind of cute. Okay, so um, we need to go back to uh, April twenty first through April 23rd, 1977, Dover, Massachusetts. Now, all the witnesses in this story were teenagers. So this is like the real Stranger Things, but um, it, but it's still, it's it's less disappointing than season two. So, uh, <laughs> Stop. I enjoyed season two Fair for enough. the record. A lot of people liked it. I had problems. But anyway, I still love the show. I love those characters. Come on. All right. Okay. So the first sighting on the evening of April 21st, 1977, Billy Bartlett is driving down the road with his buddies, Mike Malzoka and Andy Brody. And I like to imagine they are listening to Slow Ride by Foghat. I really like the story because I can picture everybody dressed like the characters from Days and Confused. It helps me too. Yeah. So it's one of those, it's like spring break and these teenagers are out having a good time driving around, probably throwing back a few schlitzes. Uh, or whatever is the popular beer in 1977 in, in, in Dover at the time. Um, so uh, Billy's going down the road with his buddies in the car, and they're all joking around. Now, they say that they had not been drinking and there were no drugs involved, but you never know. I'd like to imagine there was a J being passed around because sure. it's just more fun. Uh, so they're they're going down the road when um, they're, they hit a curve, and along the curve is a stone wall. And atop the stone wall, Billy sees the strange creature perched on the old wall. And he said that the creature was on all fours. It had a large watermelon-sized head with big eyes and no discernible nose or mouth. Its body was small and thin with spindly arms and legs. He 
freaks out and he speeds away taking that curve really really hard now his buddies didn't see it and they're like what the hell's gone into you and he tells them i just saw that he pulls over and says i just saw this this thing and they were like oh we gotta go back let's yeah, go back and look course. come on we want to go hell yeah dude. he's like i'm not going back there and his buddy mike was insisting he's like fuck that we're turning around let's go see this thing so they go back to the wall and it's gone and they spend a few minutes being teenagers, standing outside the car, shouting into the woods. They're literally like, hey, creature, creature, come back, creature. Right. Um, That's how you end up dead. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, so they finally give up, and, and they go home. And back at home, uh, Billy Bartlett draws a sketch of the creature and shows it to his father. And his father tells him, he's, I think his father believes him, but he's like, mm, let's keep this quiet. Because right. I think he was being pragmatic about you it. You just ready, get ready for that big game on Saturday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting because if they had kept it secret and had planned to, we may have never known about this encounter. Mm. However, there were a few more witnesses. Mm. So later that night, there's a second sighting. Oh, my goodness. And again, it's a teenager, which I love. I mean, I love this story. Uh, around midnight, teenager John Baxter is walking down Farm Street on his way home from his girlfriend's house. And Farm Street is, it's, it's uh, I think Dover at this time, it's a sort of suburban rural community. There's lots of trees that are up in the, in the woods. And he's walking down this wooded road, Farm Street, when he looks up and he sees a figure approaching him from the other end of the road. And the night was foggy and overcast, so all he could make out was a silhouette, and it was this four-foot-tall creature walking on two legs, big head, skinny skinny legs, skinny arms, skinny body. And Baxter, at first, thinks that the creature is this neighbor who lived on the road there named M.C. Bouchard. Mm. And I'm fascinated by whoever the hell this guy was because he was—he must have been really short and thin and oddly shaped because he literally was like, oh, that's – and um, John calls out. He goes, hey, M.C., is that you? And the creature doesn't respond. And he stops and he goes, hey, who, are, who, who, who goes there? Who is that? And the thing ticks off into the woods. So John Baxter runs up to where the creature took off and he looks over the ditch and into the woods and across a gully, he gets a better look at this creature standing there. Um, and it's standing on two, two legs with its hand wrapped around a tree and its feet. He can see have long appendages, like uh, almost like he said, it actually almost looked like, a monkey. I think he probably means chimpanzee, mm -hmm. which is an ape. But, you know, it's 1977. People are not educated about these things. And he said that the feet were molded around the rock it was standing on, like, you know, like, like gripping the rock. Strange. And he insisted that the, the, the head was almost figure eight shaped. It was like a peanut that big. And it had giant glowing orange eyes, no nose, no mouth. And both of the witnesses said that the skin color was sort of peachy and had a texture that looked like wet sandpaper. Mm. So John's staring at this uh, figure, and he gets that feeling, I think I better get out of here. 
because he's he thought that it was communicating to him, I might come for you. Right. So he <laughs> takes off running and he runs down the road and he's picked up by uh, a couple that pick him up and take him home because again, it's the seventies, people hitchhike all the time. So he goes home and he too draws what he saw. And unlike uh, Billy, John is like t- starts telling everybody the next day. So now we're heading into April twenty second, and he's telling all of his buddies what what he saw. And all these teenagers, it's a small community, they kind of they know each other. And he tells his buddy uh, Mike, was it Mike? Um, what is it? Oh, oh yeah, he tells um, his buddy Will, 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 uh, Will Tainter. And shows him the drawing. Now, I'm going to pass around, and we'll put this up on the Instagram, but you'll see the first picture is the one that Billy Bartlett drew that his father hid, and then the next picture is of John Baxter holding up, and I wrote, he's a real pussy magnet here. Look at this guy. He's <laughs> badass. Fair <laughs> uh, yeah. faucet. Yeah. Fair faucet This is the drawing of this of the sighting he had, and then the third photo here was by the third witness which happens at midnight, April 22nd, going into April 23rd. Oh, my god! So Will Tainter hears this story from uh, John Baxter. And that night, he's driving with his, I, I, I don't know if it's his girlfriend, but Abby Bragham, who is 15. And they're in the car. And Will has heard this story from John earlier that day. And he saw the drawing. And they're driving along. Again, wooded road. It's dark out. The car headlights hit something. And... Abby freaks out. Wow. And Will, the driver, doesn't get as good of a look at it as she does, but she says she saw a skinny creature, peachy colored, giant head, spindly arms and legs, again on all fours, much like the first sighting the night before that that Billy Billy Butler had. Mm-hmm. Billy Butler? Um, Bartlett. Bartlett. And uh, she saw this creature take off into the woods as the car passed. And she insisted, her description was very consistent with what the other two boys said, except she insisted that its eyes were glowing green instead of orange. Hmm. Now, I don't think she hadn't heard the story yet, and Will had, and Will saw a glimpse of it. He just didn't get a good of a look, and he said, all I can tell you is it was not a dog, it was not an animal that I that I was familiar with. Right, And... uh he, knowing the story from John from that morning, he starts to ask her what she saw. Even, even he says, giving her sort of misleading clues, but she was very consistent with what John had told him he saw. So they go home. She also draws a picture. It's a, it's a bit more crude than the other two guys. Yeah, I like that one. But you can see that they're all very similar. So... The town starts to talk, and rumors spread that a strange creature is haunting Dover. The local papers prints a story that the teenagers witness this creature. I think by this point, Billy Bartlett's come out with his story. Now that there are other witnesses, he shares his drawing. And Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist who lived in nearby Needham, Massachusetts, he comes into Dover. He was at the Dover Country Store, and the clerk there starts telling him this story that's going around town. This is April 28th, so this is the following week. And there have been no other sightings since that those first few nights. And she goes, "Oh yeah," and they drew pictures of him. He's like, "I, I want to. Can you put me in touch with with these kids?" She goes, "Yeah, actually, come back in a couple days. I'll have a copy of the picture for you, and and uh, I'll get you in touch." So Lauren Coleman came back the first week of May, and he interviewed all the kids and the families, and he was uh, 
impressed by their by the detail and he really thought that these kids saw something and that's when he coined the term the dover demon mm. um and uh skeptics had said well it could have been a baby moose but Lauren Coleman did research. There was no, it wasn't the time of year for the baby moose, and there were no moose in Massachusetts at that time. Well, and if you look at these like drawing testimonies, yeah. the, what what stands out to me is the feet molds to the rock. Yeah, what yeah. What have that's you seen tough. a moose knuckle well, mold other, to yeah, a rock? That's the other yeah. thing is that uh, that the, um, the they saw at least the second one saw him walking around, saw it walking around on two feet, right. Uh, he actually thought Coleman actually thought that that was very similar to stories of alien grays that were becoming more popular at that time, even though it wasn't the correct color mm. and some of the definitions weren't super consistent with alien grays. So he contacted the head of MUFON at the time and some of the other like UFO research clubs and put that story out to them. And they had no, um, they did, you know, they, 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 they crunched their numbers <laughs> and that there were no reports of well, strange lights in the sky. Right. There were none of the other, uh, phenomena that come with clo- close encounters of a third kind, no UFO sightings, no lights, no orbs, no, no strange, any, any of that stuff. Right. And it got me thinking that this actually sounded a lot like the thing that I saw that we talked about in the Origins episode Mm. that was outside my window of my apartment because it looked very similar to this creature. And my encounter also had no... um, no strange lights, no, none of the UFO phenomena that came came along with it. One of the really cool things is that uh, oh, either it was Lauren Coleman or other people, and you know, I, this came up a few in the few articles, a uh, few articles that I read, is that there um, the Cree tribe of Canada had a name for a trickster creature that fit this description exactly. Big head, skinny arms and legs, no mouth, no nose. And they said it was a trickster creature that they called the Menagishi. And that they were known to be native spirits that toyed with human beings. So it's possible that the Dover Demon was one of these trickster spirits. And that's so funny because if you go back and listen to Origins, if you haven't listened to it yet, I tell this story. That was the same sense that I had when I saw that entity outside my window, it felt like something that was terrestrial, that mm-hmm. I was seeing one of the, like, like the you know, the Celts, the, the, call them the fairy, the little people. Mm-hmm. It had more of that feeling than a alien from outer space right. feeling. Right. But it's great. I mean, and then, and since then, they've never seen the creature again, but it's become this local cryptid who's, you know, one of the popular cryptids of america now yeah um he's kind of this cute little mascot uh but nothing cute about him yeah nothing (laughs) cute about him but that's the story of the the dover demon so when we come back from our break we're gonna ask our guest burl what the hell was that (laughs) his guess will be as good as mine yeah yeah And we're back, and it's time to ask our guest, what the hell was that? Earl, you just heard about the Dover <laughs> Demon. What's your best guess? I, 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 you know, I liked what you said about it being uh, terrestrial as opposed to extraterrestrial, and, and I get that feeling. And, uh, and I like that uh, the Cree tribe had this name for it, you know, and, 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 it, and it happens over such a specific period of time, and then 
not again. You know, you don't hear any sighting. Unlike Bigfoot, where you're like, you know, you hear these sightings and it just keeps going for, for decades, right? And so it makes me wonder if the story got around uh, so much in this little town. I mean, actually kind of similar to Stranger Things. Like, mm-hmm. if the story got around so much in this little town that somebody, like, went out and, and hunted this thing down and took it out. You know, It's I mean? very possible. Because I feel like that happens to these creatures sometimes. You know, people fear what they don't understand. And instead of trying to understand it, they're like, kill it, kill yeah. it with fire. Yeah, absolutely. And that usually doesn't work. I mean, I'm, I, there's so many stories, like even like the Mothman prophecy. I mean, it, this is something that pops up in a town mm-hmm. and then pops out as quick as it came back in. And, right. and w- what I love about it is you have all these you know, separate eyewitness testimonials. And that, to me, over any physical evidence is always the best, is when you can triangulate what people saw and, uh, and you know, because people are smarter than we take them. We're like, sure. if I see something, I'm, I'm going to be like, I know what a, a, a person is or I know what a plane is. You know, I think we don't give a lot of these eyewitness testimonies the credit they deserve. Well, and I think, too, with these kids in particular, um, some some of the local townsfolk thought that they were just playing a prank. Mm-hmm. But uh, Coleman really felt strongly that they had witnessed something and really believed what they had seen. And also... When time, I always look at how much time passes, and uh, uh, John Baxter, especially, he's kind of the most outspoken witness, the second witness who saw it uh, walking towards him on the road at night. He has, and all three, but he has been very uh, consistent with the story, and he still to this day swears that's exactly what what he saw. And all and the other two witnesses as well, they're like, nope, we know what we saw. We don't know what it was. And there wasn't, you know, if it is a prank, I don't know what the means to the end of that prank yeah. is. I, it's not a prank. And, you know, because, I mean, I, 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 I love the detail of like, I mean, and, the, and there's a, it's in the couple of the drawings, but the feet are like molding mm-hmm, to the rock. Mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what does it take for somebody to describe something like that? It's not, it's as if some something was happening, taking place with his foot in the rock. It's yeah, not, and that's it's, a surprise, it's right? A surprise. That's something. Yeah. That... yeah, it's not like just he's standing on the rock and he had a good uh-huh. grip on it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they use the word his feet was molded to the rock. It's yeah. strange. You it's know? so specific. Very specific. It's again, it's like not to keep, I mean, I, you know, we're plugging our back catalog here, but it's like the Patterson-Gimlin film of the Bigfoot having breasts. Yeah. It's a specific detail that if you're hoaxing, it either makes it such a good hoax because you have that attention to detail in your lie, but it's a surprise that I think most people, especially uh, at that time and you know, aren't going to go. They, you know, Bigfoot seems to be a male creature. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the fact that it that the, ca- the creature they captured had breasts made it seem very specific. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, we're all actors, and I always find I think the str- the the strangest truths are usually the most accurate. You yeah. know, and, well, you know yeah. what they say: the Dover Demons in the details. It's in the oh, details. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad, but um. <laughs> Burl, I mean, what do you think? So you think it's some kind of... I love the idea of this terrestrial trickster yeah. kind of creature that that clearly uh, Native people, native, the Native people had seen. Well, yeah. this, this is another part of the story. We have to take uh, their cultural mythology at at face value, the you know these Native hmm. American stories they don't they don't add on to their to their mythology. Yeah. They they represent they said, it to us. They as said they said there were two it. types right. of 
people. There were us, the regular humans, yeah. and then the Monagishi. Yeah. And then different Native American tribes around North America had similar names for little the little people, the, the trickster folks. You know, I wonder if the, the Monagishi have an ability. Now, now, this goes to my belief in extraterrestrials as well. I, I feel like maybe the Monagishi have the same ability. So I, I think that extra, extraterrestrials are out there, but just like it took us, you know, a special microscope to see, you know, the atom and everything else like that, I feel like we as human beings can't see them mm-hmm. because we just don't have that ability, just like we can't see infrared light. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. I feel X-rays like... are there. Wireless radio waves yeah. are there. We can't we see can't them see with them. the naked eye, but yeah, we know they're there. there. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same way with these, with uh, with, with the aliens. So maybe the, the Monagishi? Mon- Mon- yeah. I Mon- think that's how to pronounce it. Monagishi. If I'm butchering that, I apologize. Have an ability. You know what I mean? And this guy for like, you know, let's say that this creature was a teenager himself. Right, and so he went crazy on this weekend. I wanna like, be where the people where the are. People are. <laughs> I wanna see, wanna see somebody... him driving. <laughs> no, but I love this. I, yeah, and then somebody I, else was like, "Hey, you got seen multiple times. The stories are around town. You gotta, you gotta dead that shit." You yeah, know I mean? who knows? And but I love your theory. I love, I love when we can like take apart what we think that was and just, you know, and let our gut like try and figure it out because yeah. it's as good as a guess we're as never gonna else know. is going to. No, we're never going to know. These things are lost to history, you know? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All yeah. right. Well, we're going to come back for our final segment in just a moment. Uh, this is Bigfoot Collectors Club. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you I always didn't let go you do anywhere. it because you did such a great job. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, it's really sad, too, because we may not have ads by this point, so we're just cutting away to nothing and coming back. <laughs> the music's but, good. You no, know, we're building in the infrastructure in case we ever do have a sponsor. Uh, that reminds me, if you're a sponsor and you're listening and you want to be a sponsor, get in touch with us, BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time for our Collector's Corner. Uh, Burl, yes. since it is the Bigfoot Collector's Club, yes. did you ever collect anything? Yes. I collected uh, several things. I, I went through phases of collection, and there's, there's one that I, that I still collect to this day. So, so I'll go through the first phases. Um, the very first thing I collected... Were Transformers. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Transformers? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I collected Transformers because they were amazing. Still and I learned are. how to like transform them like in like like 10 seconds flat. I could yep. transform like a car into like the robot and everything. And then after that phase. Who's your favorite Transformer? Optimus Prime. Okay, cool. Nice. Prime. Yeah. Autobots. Yeah. Transform and roll out. That's pretty close. Bro's kind of a master impersoner. Impersoner? <laughs> impersoner. He's a master impersoner. Impersonator. Yeah, we'll that, that works for me. Master impersoner. Uh, he's pretty he's pretty talented. Yeah. We've discovered this oh, sitting around on set. And then and then after uh after the Transformers, I moved on to Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. Of course. Like the turtles for a little I while. I had a ton of turtles. Yeah. Leonardo was my favorite. It's so funny. I have a friend and uh and one time I was like, hey, guess who my favorite Ninja Turtle is? And she was like, uh, and I was like, no, don't guess. It's Leonardo. 
<laughs> That's amazing. She's like, I wasn't gonna. You guess. were a, you were a good kid. The yeah. good kids liked Leonardo. Yeah, man. Leonardo. I liked Raphael or Michelangelo. Uh, I was a spaz, so I liked. I like those katanas, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those katanas. And I like that he was the leader. And I was yeah, like, you yes. like a you like a person with strong leadership yeah. qualities. This is why I love Goku. Yeah. Dragon Ball. You know. I don't know Dragon Ball. It's fantastic. I'll tell is you. Is that all three? About it. Is that collection yeah, matter, three? Matter of fact, um, I'm going to pull out something here. What? Uh oh. Visual aid. This is oh my wallet. You have a Dragon Ball Z wallet? I have a Dragon Ball Z wallet. Oh, that's wallet. pretty How awesome. How did you get into dra- Dragon Ball Z? Because I feel like I'm, well, I'm older than you maybe by yeah. a year or two. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it came around. They started. They started throwing it up on um, on uh, Toonami, Cartoon Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network. Yeah, Toonami, Adult Swim. That feels like it's after my time. Yeah, but it was. Fantastic. Also, I mean, I did. I played with toys way too late. Like <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I was still playing with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's right. Like I loved That's it. Funny. It was like acting to me. You know, it's just role play. I yeah. loved it. And then the the final thing that I collect that I still collect to this day are video games. Oh yeah, I have video games across multiple platforms. Uh, mostly the ones that I that I owned growing up. So it's NES, SNES, uh, PlayStation One, Two, Three, and Four. Oh yeah. yeah. What was your favorite game? Oh gosh, that's so hard. Um, um, I'd have to name one for for each generation. So I think um, for the for the Nintendo generation, my favorite game was Super Mario Brothers Three. Sure, game's amazing. <laughs> game's amazing. Um, for the SNES generation, my favorite game was Turtles in Time. That was the best. Yeah, so great. And then uh, first PlayStation was Final Fantasy VII. Which I hear is like the greatest role-play game it's, ever. I never played. I, I didn't have PlayStation until the PS3. They're right. supposed to be remaking it, so we'll see how that goes. Um, PS2, it was Metal Gear Solid. Uh, that game was, was fantastic. some great games. Fantastic. Yeah, I was a Street Fighter Two Mortal Kombat type oh, of guy. Yeah. Oh, I love. Nice. I like Street I Fighter. Those. Street Fighter. Was I was class. a Nintendo kid. Yeah, right. Uh, if I have to think, PS3. PS3 is tough because it's Uncharted. It's so re- the Uncharted games. Uncharted games are fantastic. They are phenomenal. They are really phenomenal. Um, but I, I also love that there was so much innovation um, in the in the last generation with Heavy Rain and uh, mm-hmm. games like that you mm-hmm. know what i mean that really just knocked my socks off um there's this one moment in heavy rain where you're you're in a car and you get uh uh into an accident and your car flips upside down and all the controls flip upside down as well oh that's crazy. and so i literally like rolled over on my bed and like i did the whole thing upside down because it felt like i was the character that's in this car cool. you know and i was like that was genius i never played that genius. one that one looked really cool pretty good and then for this generation PS4, my favorite game is Final Fantasy 15. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. You can cook a lot of food in that one. Yes, <laughs> yes. a lot of I food. I made so many meals. <laughs> it's like a lot of guys dressed for a night clubbing at the Roxbury in 1999, <laughs> making it? food in a tent. Right. I love uh, this guy, Ignis. Sounds he, great. He does all your cooking. And, and as soon as he, he'll discover like new recipes like at random around town. Depending and on, everyone like, talks like this. Yes. You know, so it's like, I love it when he discovers a new recipe. He goes, that's it. <laughs> I shall make that tonight. I shall make that tonight. <laughs> oh, Ignis. Ah, that's good. That's good. So yeah, those are my those are my things that I collect. And, and I guess impressions. I collect impressions. Yeah, as you're well. pretty good at them. Yeah. Thank you, sir. We hear them a lot. Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of downtime. A lot of yeah. downtime. downtime. Yeah. Bryce, did you bring anything for us today? I did. You know, I brought I brought something. Um, and I was saying, Mike, next time we should ask our guests see if they. They want to bring in. Well, we got a Dragon Ball Z wallet. That's pretty good. Yeah, that happened. 
So uh, here's a book, I, uh, one of my favorite books, and I, I've seen you brought one. This is a series done by Time, Mysteries of the yeah. Unknown. It was done in the 50s and 60s. I brought one over 60s. on our very first, uh, but, when we recorded the yeah. Origins episode in your place. Yeah, but I just love them there. You, you know, books are the best. Yeah, they have like amazing illustrations as you, as you can flip through, and, and the stories are, are, are just great. And it was also great because these books came out in the 80s, and my school library carried a lot of them, and they would always have creepy commercials on TV That's to right. order them through Time Life. Oh. And so there was this, like, that, that was one of the early things that I remember getting me into the paranormal were commercials like that and then shows like uh, Unsolved Mysteries and yeah. then Sightings. No, you're absolutely right. That's those, right. Those were in the 80s, used right? They creep yeah. me out. They would scare the crap out of me, but they well, were such cool books. There was a great bookstore down in downtown Los Angeles. I, I forget the name of it, but they have the most amazing like kind of like um, – Paranormal section, and that's where you'll always find me. Is that the but... last bookstore? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Hey. the last bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. need to go down there. I've actually, it's a crime I've never been. It's but... incredible. It's like in a vault. Riley's and, giving yeah. it thumbs up, too. Oh, it's, and it's, it's really beautiful. cool. It's yeah. beautiful. And you can find a whole bunch of books like that at a great price. We got to go down there. We should just go kill an afternoon. Let's uh, do it. Burl, you can come with us if you okay, want cool. to. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, great. Before we go, uh, Burl, obviously, Crazy Ex Girlfriend is back yes. on January, Friday, January 5th on the CW, 8 7 Central. You and I are are both in a bunch of the final five these final five episodes yeah uh there's some really good stuff coming up um so we're in early january is there anything else you want to plug um even if it's just your instagram or yes 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 follow me on instagram it's at burl mosley that's b-u-r-l-m-o-s-e-l-e-y i do a lot of great photographs i'm a bit of a, a picture taking connoisseur so you know i don't just post pictures of like you know Anything, anything, yeah. <laughs> but um, but and I also do a bunch of Instagram stories, which which is always a lot of fun. So. You're pretty good at the Instagram stories. Awesome. I will be following. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, please do. I'll I'm follow going back. back. Yeah. for sure. And uh, Bryce, where can people find you? And anything to plug? Is Bobcat Show out yet? Yeah, I was just gonna say since we're time forwarded to early January, look forward to uh, True TV's Bobcat Goldthwait's Misfits and Monsters, which should be coming out soon. I'm in the uh, second episode of that. And uh, other than that, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson. And I'm at McMills, M-C-M-I-L-L-Z-Z, on all the grams and stuff. And uh, Burl, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that scary story. I'm going to think about that shadow guy for a long time. Um, Before we go, I want to thank Riley Bray, our sound engineer. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out and a huge thanks to Lotus Pool Records and the band Sun Eaters for our music from the song Come Alone. Uh, Great. Uh, It's been another wonderful time in the clubhouse. We will see you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.